Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. Today we play Engine Heart, an indie RPG designed by Viral Games. In Engine Heart, you play little service robots that now wander and improvise through a desolate earth as their creators have all but vanished and the original reasons for their existence have been reduced to rubble. It's kind of like a combination between the movies Wall-E and AI Artificial Intelligence and Blade Runner, all combined in one, but without humans. As far as I could tell, it was based on the short story There Will Come Soft Rains by Ray Bradbury, which was, in turn, inspired by a poem by the same name by Sarah Teasdale. It's a really interestingly weird RPG that blends comedy with existential dread and kind of encourages you to play on that divide between joy and sorrow. It uses a simple D10 system that's quite easy to pick up and has themes that I am positively elated about. As usual, if you have a few dollars to spare, please check out our Patreon. Not only will you be able to listen to our post-RPG discussions and reviews, but you'll also get access to our bloopers, theme songs, Kickstarter reviews, and so forth. Thank you for joining us. Today we'll be playing an RPG that is actually quite unfortunately obscure as far as I could find. It's called Engine Hearts. Engine Hearts is a game about little robots trying to survive in a world where there are no humans. A post-apocalyptic world where everything is falling apart and there are only barely traces of human beings once having lived there. Today we're joined by Liz, John and Michaela. Liz, did you want to start and tell the audience who you are? Oh, hi. Uh, my name's Liz, and I come from the podcast The Terrible Adventures of the Janderson Bradford's Parchment Company. We've given it a really long name, so if you type in any part of it that you remember, it'll probably pop up on the Google search, which is great for us. <laughs> and it's a D&D podcast with a homebrew setting that my uh, dungeon manager, Penny, has invented and in it i play a barbarian called karen um which is pretty funny to me <laughs> and today oh it's hilarious <laughs> because she she gets really mad and then she demands to see the manager you know you know you know all the jokes regular thing <laughs> and where can we find you online you can find the terrible adventures of the janderson breffords parchment company on twitter at jbpc podcast or on Facebook at jandersonbreffords.facebook.com and all of our episodes are available on Podbean um, at jandersonbreffords.podbean.com and we, re we release bi-weekly and our next one is coming out very soon, which is exciting. Looking forward to it. Um, out, out of curiosity, I've been meaning to ask you for quite a while, Liz, um, how did you decide on that name? We're, we're all, we all play office workers at a parchment company, which is called the Janderson Breffords Parchment Company. Right. So we just kind of, we took the obvious, we took the obvious route. And even though it's not great for the, for the Twitter because of the hugely long name, I think it's quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, completely. You had me hooked on the name itself. Honestly, without even knowing about it, I just started listening to it just because of the name. <laughs> yeah, it's... Kind of does draw the attention. It does, it does. It's a bit, it's a bit of a standout. It's a bit of a standout. Um, but today, um, continuing in my, uh, in, in my, in my group's uh, fond traditions of having extremely long names, I will be playing a water quality uh, drone called Sonda, and she is a... Validate class multi-parameter water quality sond, which is <laughs> just just you know I, I love long names. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely definitely showing. Yeah. 
Awesome, awesome. And and what is Pray Tell, your favorite post-apocalyptic sci-fi-ish work of fiction? Well, when I was um, uh, 11 or 12 uh, at, in English class, we read a um, short story called There Will Come Soft Rains by Ray Bradbury. And it's about a um, fully autonomous Californian house slowly decomposing after a nuclear disaster. It's actually based on, on a poem of the same name by Sarah Teasdale, I think her name is. And it's just stuck with me for many, many years. And whenever I think about post-apocalyptic sci-fi, it's always the first thing I think about. I feel like it totally makes sense that it was written by Ray Bradbury, but um, <laughs> fair enough. We'll move on to our next guest, John. Uh, hi, I'm John. I am a player in RPGs with ERP. I play Quirin, a uh, Goliath cleric. Other than that, I'm doing voice work on ACX and starting to do stuff on Fiverr. And yeah, I'm going to be playing a uh, kind of cleaning companion droid named Truster. I look like a big fluffy dog that was just like made into that. <laughs> He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter or Twitch at uh, RPGs with ERP. My personal handle is at can slam king what there's there's a story behind that and it's just stupid not gonna get into that <laughs> just gonna say i did not expect to actually be doing like podcast and talking to other people when i made a twitter handle right <laughs> I, I suppose that's fair makes sense yep so you can find any sort of voice acting or any links that i have on my actual twitter Otherwise, you can find me every Sunday at RPGs with ERP with our regular campaign. That's awesome. And what about you, John? What is your favorite post-apocalyptic work of fiction? Not post-apocalyptic, but my brain just completely spaced. Now you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> go on, say, what is, say, what is the name? Just, just go, just you know, it. the one with so long and thanks for all the fish and whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that one, yeah. yeah for some <laughs> you, you can do it, you can do it. <laughs> The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, that's the one. <laughs> there you go. It is delightful, and everything about it is just like, all right, stuff's happening, whatever, just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite series of books. It's so timeless, I would say. Really timeless. And our final guest is Michaela. Michaela, welcome back. Hello. <laughs> so I'm the composer for Don't Forget Your Tile. Uh. <laughs> a lot of blankings today. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much all I do. Um, no, it's not. <laughs> Take your time. Okay. Deep breaths. Yes. Um, I. You can find my music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, or you can follow me on Twitter, um, Facebook or Instagram at Mikate Music. And keeping in line with music today, my character is called Jukebot2000. And uh, my creator used to run a 1950s-style diner. And he kind of made me as a passion project because he just really loves vintage music. But in his mind, vintage music is anything from the 21st century or earlier. My creator became really paranoid about zombies. Like... <laughs> and pending zombie apocalypse so he equipped me with some weapons to defend myself if I ever needed it. And what is your favorite post-apocalyptic-ish work of fiction? Yeah um, I've recently finished watching Neon Genesis Evangelion and that has just been messing with my brain <laughs> the last couple of days. Um, apparently the movies explain more so I'll just be watching that no they don't no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if anything they even raise more questions hmm. that's actually my most favorite anime but 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 yeah oh i mean if we're talking post-apocalyptic sci-fi anime my favorite is definitely akira oh yes it actually showed in auckland last year and i was lucky enough to go and watch it and it was traumatizing <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it is messed up. Love Akira. It's so good. I don't know. Favorite post-apocalyptic is uh, Desert Punk. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I love the music in Desert Punk. It is so good. Right? I reckon for you two, if you ever want to watch something that's kind of like really out there and blurs the lines between anime and like a meditation of sorts, watch Desert Punk. Cool. Yeah. No, I've never heard of it. Mm. Yeah, same. Yeah, no, it is. It is strangely like heartfelt and horrible and delightful. It is, it's a great mix. Awesome. Thank you. Good choice there, John. Definitely. 
Okay, so let us start. Dust. Dust is all you can see at the moment, framing and distracting you from the arid lands and darkened skies. It's been a few years since you last saw much more than dust and ruination. Decades? Centuries, maybe? Time itself doesn't really mean much anymore. You can remember how once every action you took revolved around time, led by humans or by your own temporal perceptron modules. Nowadays, things like that are basically useless. The only things you count now are the times you thought you saw a shadow brushing past, or a figure that would rekindle those embers of hope that you still keep around. It's been a while since you last recharged, and while it isn't a immediate worry yet, that familiar feeling of dread has begun to creep up on you all again. You need to find a place to recharge quickly, or you'll finally groan to a halt. What do you do? Um, I'd say my character, um, my character's quite square, but also quite big. So I'd say the sand has kind of built up on her. I'll say she's a she. <laughs> um, it's like just, yeah, piled up on her and it's like covered up her display screen and it's getting into a microphone and her visual feed and things and she's just aimlessly wandering around I guess just trying to follow any sort of sound that gets through um, her microphone. You do know I can uh, take away the dust for you right? I could I could take away the dust on, on the things. Oh Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, just don't don't move. Okay, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take away the dust. I'm just my tail's just gonna fold out and just start vacuuming it up. Oh my gosh! Dresser's found his new calling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel good as new. <laughs> what about you, Sonder? What are you involving yourself in? Sonder is a tiny little bo- bug robot, and she doesn't have. Even though she's solar powered, um, the dust storms have made it hard for her to get a proper charge. So at the moment, she is sitting on Druster's head with her solar wings spread out, trying to get enough charge to kind of make it through the day. And she's, she's saying, please be aware that any unnecessary movements will decrease your battery life. Druster. But there's so much dust. I want to take away the dust on you, but you're you're very small, and if I suck you up, you'll get incinerated. That is true. Please do not suck me up. I belong to Scott Base Scientific Equipment, and it is a crime to damage me. Well, crime is crime is very bad. <laughs> I don't want to do crime. <laughs> it was my pleasure to teach you to not do crime. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I'm environmentally attuned, I have a minus two i believe my to your i believe it's perception yes my perception yeah um but i would like to try and um use my perception to see if i can find any bodies of water that are nearby because um her programming is 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 kind of overriding and she's really wanting to go and see if she can find some water to test but also uh, in the back of her uh, artificial mind, she knows that water might mean that there, there is organic life nearby, or at least the remains of organic life, which might mean there are uh, charging ports. That's what Sonder is scanning for while sitting on Druster's head. So just to clarify, are you looking for organic or inorganic remains? I'm looking for, um, I'm looking for a water supply, which might lead to maybe a town that is near a lake or you know, anything that could be constructed around a river or a lake or a, a well that might lead to electricity. Yep. Could you roll me a perception plus reality comp, please? Sure. Um, my perception is five. My reality con is also five. Um, but that is a minus one for not being in my correct environment. So I roll uh, nine d10s. And what's, what am I trying to hit? You're trying to hit an eight. An eight. Okay. 
So for our listeners out there, Engine Heart uses a simple D10 system. You've got several attributes and you can mix and match these attributes to basically find the perfect type of role for a certain action. Interestingly, the target number for most roles is actually eight. Hey, um, so I have managed to get two successes. I got a 10 and I got a nine. So when you roll a 10, it explodes. So you basically get to re-roll them. Sweet ass. I'll roll, re-roll that. That's another 10. That's three successes. <laughs> and one more time. Okay, and that was a six. So three successes in total. Yep, you definitely noticed something. So what you notice is that far in the direction of what you would think is north, given that you've basically been meandering through this endless desert for a, for a very long time, uh, you see what looks like a canteen sticking out of the sand. What do you do? Uh, first I'll say to my two companions, um, I am here to help. I have detected a water source nearby. In my opinion, water sources often come with inorganic matter that may include electrical ports. If we go to the water source, you may find a charging port in order to charge yourselves. I recommend that this is a good course of action. Thank you, Sonda. I concur. This will be beneficial for all of us. And Sondra is Sondra is not moving off Drusta's head. She's just hanging out there. <laughs> she's not she's not moving under her own control. She's fine. I just um sorry, I just have a question. I I'm also environmentally attuned and I need Same. to be in a restaurant to um <laughs> <laughs> to to feel safe. And that's minus one. Um, my mobility is one. Mm. So does that mean I can't move on my own <laughs> or it's one the minimum? One is the minimum, I believe. I think I read somewhere that if it's zero, then your character can't move. But you will also have like a speed with if you add your reflexes. So maybe we could um, go off of speed instead of mobility. Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to rule that it can be a minimum of one. So in the context of movement, it reduces it by one until it gets to one. Otherwise, you're right, the rules state that with a value of zero, you can't actually move at all. But I'm going to say let's make an exception this time because I don't really see how that could work with the player robot not moving at all. Okay, so Druster doesn't have to carry us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Druster could carry you as well. Hey, he's got a little strength. Yeah, I'm quite a, quite a hefty bot. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> So as you head towards the direction that Sonder directed you towards, actually, Sonder, how are you directing Druster, by the way? Are you like a captain on top of a ship or what's the, what's the visual here? Yeah, she's, um, she's got her little antennae out, which are um, little water sensors. And whenever he drifts off path, she um, is sitting on his head and she says, please move three degrees to the left. And she's just trying to she's just trying to get you there as quickly as possible. That's amazing. So as you near the location where Sonda saw the canteen, you find that there is indeed this gray kind of canteen sticking out of the sand. However, you also notice one other thing. There seems to be the remnants of a skeleton holding onto that canteen. And in fact, as you draw closer, you see more of the skeleton. The upper torso and a skull, upon which is a hat, well a cap. It's more of a cap. And on that cap you see the words Big Dog, spelled D-O-W-G, stitch onto it. Big Dog. I know. That is you, Druster. Ooh, I, I think I am a dog. Well, you, I, you are a big dog. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> and Sonza's going to fly off um, of Druster's head and land on the canteen and try to unscrew it because she's trying to get to that water. Yeah. She wants. She wants to test that water. Definitely. Um, roll me dexterity. I'll say you're looking for a seven. Okay. So my. Dex is a four. That is three successes. An eight, a nine, and another ten. So I'll roll that ten again. And that's another eight. So <laughs> four successes to open the um, the water canteen. I should have just asked for an eight instead. It would have made zero <laughs> difference. <laughs> so how do you manage to unscrew this bottle? What um, appendages do you use? Um, she has got a praying mantis-like uh, forearm. And the other one also looks like a forearm, but it's actually just another sensor. So she can't um, use that for grip. So the praying mantis forearm is going to be 
sliding underneath the canteen to undo any kind of vacuum seal. And then as the uh, the lid starts to unscrew freely, she runs backwards on the top of it to unscrew it all the way. So she's unscrewing it by running on top of it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll um, knock it off and just dip her leg sensors, her legs are also sensors, down into the water because her overriding directive kind of asks her to, which is um, one of the defects that she has. I, I, I feel like some other people have got overriding directives as well, but... Um, Saunders is when she finds a body of water, she is um, contractually obliged to test it. It's part of her innate programming as a water quality tester. Yep, yep, I, 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 I love that. Yeah, so after you open the lid of the canteen, you see... Actually, what kind of sensors do you have to detect water? She, she's a multi-parameter sensor, so she can test for radiation. Um, she can test for a variety of biomatter. Um, she can test the chemical makeup of the water, and she can test for additives such as oil. She's basically an all-round environmental water tester, so anything that makes the water of, of subpar quality, she can she can test and understand and come up with solutions for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once you do test the water, you realize that this is perhaps the cleanest water that you've seen in a very, very long time. It's almost like... It kind of harkens back to the days when water used to be a bit more cleaner than that which you can get nowadays, which is filled with radiation and dust and particles and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, being inside the canteen, this water managed to kind of remain untouched by all of that. Uh, not completely clean, certainly, because you can tell that the level of radiation is higher and it does have kind of, you know, like, some normal level of germs in it and that sort of thing but it's definitely cleaner than normal after kind of um going into programming mode for a moment sonda says this water is environmentally sound good work and she addresses the skeleton when she says that you are making the earth a better place and then she kind of snaps out of it and she says it does not appear that there are any buildings in this location Perhaps we should press on and try to find an electrical port. But what about the human? That is decomposing biomatter. It is not a human that will respond to me. Perhaps he will respond to the power of music. <laughs> Let's dig him out first. <laughs> and I'm going to go over and start digging him out. Oh my God. <laughs> just, a, just a bunch of robots desecrating a skeleton. <laughs> I just want to like try and understand what type of human I'm dealing with here so um, I'm gonna like look into my daughter bank and see what the words big dog means <laughs> <laughs> um, do I have to like test anything for that yes so I'll need rolls from both you and from Druster Druster uh, give me a dex plus reflex I sure. guess or do you think it would be better if it's dex plus strength uh, with the dust I'd probably go with strength okay yeah, because I'm digging him out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dex plus strength for you. And does Data Bank have a special role or? Um, Data Bank. I've got a. Um, I've got a like a level five Data Bank. I think that's pretty high. Um, let me just see if it has any special features. Um. Okay. Basically, just roll me a Digicon plus your Data Bank rating. I got. Three successes for me. <laughs> Three successes. Brilliant. So you uncover more and more of the body, and for for whatever miraculous reason, because it was submerged in the sand for so long, it managed to remain intact for the most part. They look like they're almost connected to one another, even though as you're actually digging them, they kind of sprawl all over the place, and they're reduced to just a sprawling mess <laughs> of bones. Could you also roll me a human comp plus a perception thruster? Uh, actually, you as well, Sonda. Okay. Human con plus perception. And what's the success for that? Nine? Uh, eight? Yes. It'll... Uh, actually, this will probably be nine. I got one success. So I got... I got uh, two successes. 
that's more than enough for the both of you. So what you notice is that from the looks of the bones, it looks to be like a human being <laughs> um, of around maybe their teens, maybe late teens. You can't really accurately guess the age from the height, mm. but you can tell that it is a male from the pelvic bones, but otherwise there's not a lot of information that you can gather from the bones. Mm. Is Duke gathering more information from the big dog uh, databank? <laughs> So, um, I roll my databank score plus Digicon, so that's 5 plus 5. I roll 10 dice, and I do not get a single success. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I guess Duke is just like, error, big dog, not found in databank. I mean, that's fair. Wait. <laughs> it's basically like Latin for you. you. You have no idea what it means. Yeah, um... Extracting meaning from individual words. He is a large canine <laughs> of unknown origin. But he looks human. Drasda, I think this hat belongs to you. We're not allowed to take things. That's stealing again. <laughs> stealing is not allowed. Oh, Drasda, he's so cute. <laughs> Drasda, do you take the cap or? I really want to see Druster in the cat. I'm just going to stare at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've each got a limb, right? I grab her. We do, yes. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to pick it up as I say, this hat belongs to you, and I'll put it on Druster's head. Cool. Could you roll me a dexterity, please? I've got two successes, if nine counts as success. No, it's ten. <gasps> ten. I cannot pick this hat up. <laughs> I am sorry, Druster. <laughs> so, so what happens is that you do pick it up, and as you move it to put it on Druster's head, it kind of disintegrates in your hand into, like, dust. It was barely kept together as it was. Ah. The wind stole it. Mm. Bad wind. <laughs> I, my arm seems a bit too powerful. Um, so while you're all surrounding the body, you notice from far away that there's a blinking red light. What do you do? Sonda, it, it's not water, but maybe the light has something to do with power? Searching database. Yes, lights are often created using electricity. Electricity means a charge port may be nearby. We should investigate, and we may find more water. I feel an urge to move towards the light. <laughs> it's a disco ball. You must dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... Sonda will Sonda will flutter up to Duke's head this time, and she'll sit on her head or her kind of Duke box body, and just hang out on there and spread out her solar wings and try to get a little bit more uh, power. Yeah, definitely. Before leaving, just look over at the body. Sorry for disturbing you. <laughs> Start walking away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm loving Druster. <laughs> so you resume your usual walk that you've been going for as far as you can remember. And eventually you see faintly in the distance what looks to be almost like a telecommunications tower, which is where the light is blinking from, from atop that tower. It's kind of reminiscent of those telephone towers in the middle of nowhere, just metallic, skeletal structures with nothing around it. That's essentially the silhouette of what you're seeing at the moment. Hmm, weird. Is this a charge port? I think we should get closer to find out. And Sonda's going to take off from Duke and uh, zoom in closer to the to the to the big telephone pole. She is she has a flight um, ceiling of one meter, so she can skim one meter above the ground. Yeah, definitely. Are you just going to go for it without waiting for the others, or? Yeah, she's going. She says, "I am a water quality tester." But I can also investigate. I will see you if it is safe. And she's just going to zoom off. What did the two of you do, Druster and Duke? Is it Duke or Duke? Duke with a J, yeah. She said not to move around if we don't need to move, so I guess we don't move. <laughs> Duke moves quite slowly, so she's just going to inch forward anyway. <laughs> I love I, I love how Druster's just like, let's not move, and Duke just moves immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna follow very slowly behind. Like one of those dogs that's um that's a little bit worried, so they just crawl forward on their belly. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Aww, that's adorable. Um Sonder, as you need the telephone tower-like structure, you notice that no one seems to be around. And since you're actually looking for it, you do notice what looks to be a power plug. Sweet ass. 
I will take a quick loop around the telephone pole, just scanning to see if I can see anything out into the dust, and I will go back and report my findings to Duke and Druster. Yeah, it seems to be that this telephone tower thing is on a hill. Not a very steep hill, but just steep enough for you to get a height advantage when you look around. Mm. However, as you do look around, you don't really notice much more than a few ruins. Mm of what you guess to be structures that used to be there ages ago. You can barely see the walls kind of coming out, the remnants of walls coming out from the sand. Okay, cool. Um, I will fly back to the other two and I will settle back down onto Duke's head and I will say, the telephone pole appears to have a power source. I suggest we move there at all haste. Yes, at once. Let us proceed to the power pole. <laughs> just continues at the same pace. Yeah. <laughs> 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 is Droster still just sneaking behind, or is yep. he, has he got it? Has he got a bit more confidence now? <laughs> You're still moving at the same speed, so it's just yeah. <laughs> so like. Ten hours later. (laughs) (laughs) With haste. (laughs) So after a painfully lengthy period of time, you finally make it to the telecommunications tower. Could you all roll me a perception again? Uh, The target number is eight. Okay. Nope. I got one ten. Nope. And I got a nine, so that's two successes. Yeah, and those tens explode as well. But don't worry about it, because you've already succeeded. (laughs) Um, So you notice on the power pod that there are some scratches on the edges. Several scratches, like tiny, small scratches around the slits of the power pod. Are the scratches, do they look like communication, or is it does it seem to be more of a mistaken scratch? Is it is it trying to communicate something or is it a mistake? Um, yeah, it, it's more of the latter. It's almost like someone tried to do something with the port, like, you know, the scratches you get when you're trying to plug something in several times. Sure. Uh, then Sonda's going to say, please wait for one moment. I suspect that something may be wrong with the power port. Is anyone good at detecting what is wrong with electricity? I can only detect what is wrong with water. My Mechanicon is one, so I'm very bad at interfacing with other machines. (laughs) So she's just going to be like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I'm afraid I am not good with machines either. I'm I'm a little good with, like, other cleaning stuff. I I could try. Druster, you are the one who has probably been plugged in the most. Maybe you should be the one to try and diagnose what the problem is, or if there is a problem at all. In robot tongue, is that like an insult or a compliment or just a <laughs> she's, she's, like She's just saying that, like, he lives in an apartment. He's probably had the luxury of being a... He's the pampered He's the one. pampered pet, yeah. <laughs> been on full charge the most, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go over and check it out. Yeah. Are you... Uh, by checking out, do you mean you're just going to plug yourself in? Or are you just looking around, or...? I'm going to look around and see if it's been, like, messed with a little bit first. Yeah. Roll me a Mechanicon plus Perception. Uh, the target number is 8. All right, I have one, which is a 10. Nice. And that's one. (laughs) Okay, Um, there's a small display with two red bars on it. The display looks to be in the form of a battery, but the top bars seem to not have any lights on it, and only the two bottom bars have, like, red lights on it. Um, there's there's only a little bit left, so who's, who's low? I am able to recharge myself using my solar wings. Please feel free to use the charge port before me. Duke? I am a fast charger. I am not sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, I only require 30 minutes to recharge my battery. Drozda, do you have any special features with regards to your battery? I have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very Druster answer. Yes, Druster, we all have batteries. Um, but Sonder is happy to go um, last if if you guys want to charge up first. Could you all roll me a power check then? Oh, yes. You're looking for an eight. Um, So my power is one. I rolled one D10. I got a 10. I rolled it again and I got an eight. So um, amazing. <laughs> uh, Sonda has been um, able to soak up enough sunlight with her wings to be fine. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't get anything over a six, but I have a four. <laughs> and how about you, Juke? Juke has one nine. Okay, so both Juke and Sonder, you both realize that you can survive for another 24 hours without really much trouble. You've got enough juice to keep you going for a while longer at an average level of activity. Uh, Druster. <laughs> yes? You, on the other hand, you realize that you really need to charge, maybe within an hour at the very least, or you'll begin to shut down. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to charge, so I'm gonna just thunk. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not worry, Druster. While you charge, I will take watch. And Sonda's going to climb up the telephone pole with her little leggies and she's going to sit on the top of it and watch out around all of the ruined buildings that she saw before to try and see if there's any danger coming and she's also she's also uh searching for water she's kind of made a map in her head of um water sources strewn across the landscape so the uh, the canteen is the last breadcrumb that she's kind of put on her little internal map and so she's searching for more breadcrumbs to move towards. I love that. That That's super cool. Yeah. I will play a one-hour smooth jazz compilation to pass the time. <laughs> Just so you know, you're committing to composing a smooth jazz <laughs> compilation for us. <laughs> yeah, so Drasta, how do you charge yourself? Is it through a cable or...? Paw. Thunk, and it oh, just goes into it. Right. <laughs> I love that. So there's a thunk and your poor interfaces with the plug. You have to stay there for at least an hour, but on the bright side, Juke songs are here to keep you company. Um, do you hum with it or just chill or... Do, 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 do. <laughs> Sonda kind of sways, sways at the top of the telephone pole while she's watching to the... Uh, smooth jazz that's playing down below. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's been around half an hour, maybe 45 minutes since the charging has, well, the charging commenced for Droster. So not completely, but almost done. And Sonda, you see coming from around maybe the east side of where you're at, uh, or again, at least as, as east as you can guess, a figure, like a humanoid figure, walking towards the telephone tower thing, walking towards you, essentially. Cool. Um, I am going to fly down towards the uh, towards the two other. Well, can I fly that from that high? I suppose I'll I suppose I'll climb down and then just fly down when I'm at the kind of meter hover zone. How high can you glide at or float at? I can glide at one meter. So I'll climb down the pole and then just kind of zoom around once I get to a meter, and I'll say. Please be aware that there is a humanoid figure approaching from the east. And then I'm going to use my all of my little nodes to see if I can perceive uh, specifically water on them because Sonda knows that humans have to carry water to stay alive. So she wants to try and figure out if she thinks it's a human or if it's a robot that looks like a human. Yeah, did you want to do that before you go down, considering you can't see them from the bottom? Oh, yeah, sure. That's a good idea. Okay. Yes, tell me what you're all. You're looking for a, I'll say, nine. Maybe actually ten, because it's quite far away and hard to see. Oh, yeah, no. I got, um, I roll five for perception, and I got one eight, but no nines, no tens. So that's no successes. Sonda will climb down and say, Please be aware there is a humanoid figure approaching from the east. They may be organic, or they may be inorganic. I cannot tell at this point in time. Maybe they're coming because of the music. Maybe they like it. Perhaps they enjoy smooth jazz. Do, do, do. I suspect that may be a possibility. And she's just going to kind of nestle into Druster's fur and see if she can kind of hide herself in the fur. Duke is going to turn up the volume a little bit <laughs> and she's got little neon lights around her border so she's gonna light him up and put on a bit of a light show for this potential human. Hell yes. Okay, so making <laughs> yourselves more visible is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Here. Um, yeah, one of my defects is that I'm conspicuous. <laughs> 
I love that. That's a pretty fun defect, though. I, I saw it in there. So after around 15 minutes, Drusta, your charging finishes, so you've completely charged, and on closer inspection of that battery-like looking um, panel, you see that it has zero lines on it, so there's no charge left, essentially. Sorry, guys. Uh, there's, there's nothing left for anybody else. Sorry. Please do not worry yourself. We should have sufficient power. I charge using the power of the sun. Would you like to know more about the sun? I'm gonna look up to the sky and just see the dust. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think so. Good. I do not know much about the sun. I only know about water. <laughs> Why did you ask? <laughs> it, it is, it is within my programming to ask if people would like to know more about science. That way, I can direct them to a nearby science drone. There are no nearby science drones except for me. That was gonna be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if the human, not human, comes up and asks for science, they direct to you, but then it asks for more science, and then it directs back to you. Yes. If somebody would like to know more about water, I am Sonda, a fully autonomous, valid class, multi-parameter, water quality sond. In other words, I am a water scientist, and I can answer all of your water questions. If you would like to know more about the sun, I will direct you to a solar drone. There are no solar drones nearby. I didn't understand a lot of those words, but okay. <laughs> there, there used to be um, what I'm kind of what I think is there used to be a uh, multi-connected network of science drones similar to Sonda who would go around and autonomously take scientific and environmental measurements and they would kind of be connected in a unit and uh, people could ask any kind of science questions and they would be directed to the correct robot in order to answer them but she hasn't seen any other science robots in a very long time. Wait, are you saying that Sonda's the last node in the network? Well, maybe. If there's nobody else left. That's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't seen anybody on the network in a very long time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My heart aches for Sondra. <laughs> um, yeah, while you're having this conversation, that's really, really um, sad when you think about it. <laughs> you you hear a humming coming from nearby and it's getting louder and louder. And you see a humanoid looking like a bipedal figure approaching you guys. Is it humming like to the smooth jazz or is it just like a low steady hum? Uh, it's humming to the slow jazz. Yes. He likes the jazz, he likes the jazz. <laughs> I sense a fan of my music. <laughs> I'm just going to go start bounding up towards him. Oh my god, cute. Puppy. I will slowly follow behind <laughs> towards him. Uh, Sondra's in Druster's kind of thick fur. She's just kind of clinging on in there. So as he bounds over, she's she's going over as well. Yeah, the figure almost immediately kneels down, like, you know, how humans kneel to, like, let a dog embrace them. And as you come closer, you notice that this figure is anything but human. They They look humanoid, but they're certainly very robotic. You can tell from what she looks like that she used to look more human, or at least possibly human. Um, even though it's hard to notice given the amount of wiring and mechanical components that are just plainly visible on her, you do notice patches of olive on her face and arms, skin essentially. And she's got a full head of long brown hair um, with her ocular modules placed in the same locations on the head as the human beings would be. Really, if it weren't for all the wiring and clearly metallic appendages, she could definitely pass for human. Despite this, she has an excited smile on her face as she looks at Druster bounding towards her. Hello. <laughs> she smiles to all three of you and says, Hello, what are you doing here? We were charging and... Sonda wants to know if you want to know anything about water. Well, of course. At that point, um, Sonda will kind of sit up on, on, on Druster and say, Hello, my name is Sonda. I am a fully autonomous Valaday class, multi-parameter, water quality sond. In other words, I am a scientist. And she will kind of fly over and sit on the um, android's shoulder and say, I am here to help. Do you have any water you would like me to measure? Well, thank you, Sonda. You are, might I say, 
a brilliantly amazing scientist and adorable as well. Thank you. Unfortunately, I don't have any water, but I know where we can get some. Interesting. It is my programming to study water. Would you like to meet Duke? I would like to meet Duke. I imagine Duke is like slowly trying to <laughs> Yeah, um, but I can kind of hear what's going on. So I just increase my speaker <laughs> output and I'm like, hello, I am Jukebox2000. I am currently taking music requests. <laughs> the like Android looks at uh, Duke for a moment and then says, well, Duke, I'm happy to tell you that I actually know what I suppose would be your brother. I also know another Jukebox version. His name is Box. This makes me very happy. Let me introduce myself. My name is Clara. I am a Nanny Companion series X40030. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you, Clara. It is nice to meet you, Clara. Nannies take after humans? Yes. Well, I I have a kid, you see. His name is Bobby. He used to love it when I rustled his hair, and he loved me as well. Um, he's in school now, uh, and you know how school is. It takes a very long time to complete. L- lots of time. L- lots of time. L- lots of time. A long time. So I have to prepare and be ready for when he comes back so I can rustle his hair again. What are you three doing? I am a water quality sonde. I am looking for water to test in order to make this planet a better place. That is a delightful mission. My core function is to play music to invoke feelings of nostalgia. Well, you certainly invoke feelings of nostalgia in me. And what about you? And she points to Druster. I'm Druster, and I I don't think that Bobby's going to get out of school. Oh no, he will. He's smart. It, it'll take him some time because school is long, but he will come out and, and I will see him again. But people, when they leave, they don't, they don't come back. Bobby is different. Sometimes people leave and do not come back, and sometimes they do. I have seen all different types of humans, and for the past years, I have not seen any humans. Well, we have a way to see the humans. Mother keeps them safe. Mother... I have not heard of this mother before. Is it a robot or a human? Mother is amazing. Mother is the most perfect, most spectacular robot in existence. She's kind and nice and delightful and sweet. You'll love her, I, I promise. And and she can help you as well to find water, to find humans, to, to find your brother. Your brother is there. She says this to um, Juke. I must find the humans and my brother. The more I can educate the humans about water quality, the more this planet can heal. I believe that talking to the humans is part of my programming. I I would like to talk to Mother, because we aren't supposed to feel kindness. It's confusing. (laughs) Very, very confusing. Oh, no. I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like there's a very sad story behind this. (laughs) Um, Clara kind of kind of kneels towards you and gives you a big hug and says, "Of course, you are supposed to feel kindness. Here, have a taste of kindness." And she like hugs you um, warmly. I mean, as warm as she can hug you. That is, that's not kindness or happiness. That that's different. Humans are different. We, we, we will talk to Mother. Yes. We can talk to Mother. I'm sure Mother can show you kindness and happiness. Come, let me show you the way. Hell yeah. We will follow your lead. Will there be charging ports where we are going? Duke is in need of charging. She looks at Duke for a moment and then looks at you and again, Sondra, and smiles and says, Of course, there are many charging ports where Mother lives. Mother makes sure we are all safe. Mother makes sure the humans are safe as well. This sounds like a good place. Mother sounds like a good person. (laughs) She is the most good, most amazing person ever. Come, follow me. And she kind of stands up and heads in the opposite direction of where she came from. I am confused, but I, I will go. <laughs> so, as you four are walking, you pass by various ruins and remnants in the sand. You don't really know how she's finding her way through everything, of these endless sand dunes, because really everything kind of looks the same. Regardless, she seems to be quite aware of where she's going, and as she leads you, she turns to all of you and asks, How long have you been walking for? We have been 
searching for years. We exited the city of she, a lot of her a lot of her information is not right at the moment so the city that they exited from she doesn't actually know the name of and we have been following the water ever since i see that is quite smart we help keep each other safe too of course duke provides us with entertainment and music it is good to be traveling with music yes I am a portable party. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> Slowly wheels forward. <laughs> <laughs> so she smiles at that and says, it is delightful to be traveling with friends, is it not? Friends. Yes, I suppose you could call us friends robot friends. Not human friends, because we are not humans. We are robots. She's a bit confused about being called a friend. She nods to the three of you and says, yes, friends. It is always nice to have friends. And then she looks forward and says, can I ask you something? Yes. Would you like to ask me about water? No. Do you want me to ask you about water? I am equipped to answer a variety of things. She thinks for a moment and says, does that mean you want me to ask you a question about water? You can if you wish to. I am here to offer scientific information to the people who would like to hear it. This is a scientific question. Perhaps you will enjoy the question then. Yes. I am a scientist, after all. She smiles and says, after all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she says, Have you noticed that sometimes when you're walking, the wind reminds you of voices? Does that ever happen to you? When you were walking towards us, you were humming. And that was a voice. And I thought that it could have been the wind, but it was you. Does that count? She considers that for a moment um, and then smiles at you and says, yes, it counts. I suppose that's fair. (laughs) What is Mother? Mother is the most amazing, most perfect, most spectacular robot in existence. She's kind and nice and delightful and sweet. You'll love her. I'm sure of it. We we are built for a purpose. My mind was to talk and be around my people. But what what is mother's? Well, I suppose her purpose, her purpose, her purpose must be to be the most amazing, most perfect, most spectacular robot in existence. One one (laughs) cannot be perfect. Doesn't make sense. Oh, Druster, you haven't met mother. Okay. No, that is correct. We have not met mother. I cannot wait to meet mother. I'm sure she'll be delighted to meet you too. In fact, I know it. (laughs) So you keep walking like this for quite a while. You walk up a hill that seems to rise up and up until you reach the top of the hill. And then Clara points down towards a structure that is in the far, like at at the bottom of the hill. And you can barely see the silhouette of it, but it looks to be some kind of small one-storied building. And Clara says, that's where Mother is and that's where all of us live. Do you wish to keep coming with me? Yes, I wish to continue. That seems like a small structure for humans. She looks at you for a very lengthy period of time and then smiles finally and says, That is our home. It is a nice and amazing place. And Mother keeps us safe. And Mother keeps the humans safe. Perhaps there is a restaurant to nourish the humans. Oh, but it is a restaurant. That is my home. Restaurants are my home. See? Duke is getting it. (laughs) Oh, Duke. I am happy to accompany Duke to the restaurant. My home is where the water is. Well, I am sure we can find you water in in our home as well. <laughs> this is this is so suspicious. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, don't go with her. It's a bad idea. <laughs> yup. But I can't I can't see any way that a robot would be suspicious of a motive. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so Okay. Um Cool. As you approach the structure, the first thing that you notice are that there are three square-shaped robots that seem to be patrolling outside, moving to and fro from one edge of the building to the other. The building itself looks somewhat symmetrical. The middle seems to be made out of this large arched entrance that kind of looks similar to one of those old-timey jukeboxes. And to the sides of the entrance, on each side, is a large rectangular building that seems to make up the majority of the structure. 
The major difference between the two rectangular portions of the structure is that the one on the left does not seem to have any windows, like that on the right. On top of the arch, you see a barely lit neon sign shouting out the words Hell Diner. But on closer inspection, as you near it further, you see that the letter S before Hell seems to be unlit, making it actually Shell Diner. Although for the most part the colours of the outside of the diner looks to be brown and red and sandy from the thick layer of dust and sediment on it, you can still see bits and patches of bright blue and red peering out from within said layers of muck. The robots on patrol don't really seem to be paying much attention to you, but Clara greets each of them cheerily. Hello, Gug. Hello, Gug. Hello, Gug. Can I roll to see if I know what a, like a, a Gug class is? I'm not sure what that role would be, maybe like a Digicon or something? If if Gug is, is like a robot brand or something. Roll Mechanicon plus Digicon for me. Um, the target number is eight. Okay. Sure. And uh, I'd like to sniff around for humans. Uh, in that case, could you roll me real- a human comp uh, plus reality comp to see if you see any signs of human beings being around these, these areas? The target number is nine. Meanwhile, what are you doing, Juke? Um, she starts playing Lionel Richie's Hello in search of her brother. <laughs> Hello. <Long. laughs> but she's like, she's approaching the jukebox doors because this is just like her home and she sees a diner and she just gets really happy and really excited that she's finally found a place where she can feel safe again. Aww. I got a one. You got a one. Um, you know, like robots and humans, oftentimes there have been moments when you've been barely able to ascertain the difference between the two. So who are we to tell whether humans have been here. <laughs> yep. How about you, Sander? Uh, I, I got one success for the for the Gug knowledge. Yeah, so off the top of your head, you can't be certain if this is what you think it is, but you have heard of these units that were used a lot in your scientific facilities, uh, mainly to do grunt work. They were called the Global Utility Golems because they weren't as advanced as any of your units or any of the scientific units. Mm. They were basically programmed specifically to do a particular duty, and they would just keep doing that until they died, like their batteries died. So they're kind of like... Um like they, they'll, they'll sweep one hallway with their little sweeper or something. Exactly. It's kind of one of those things that like anyone can program because it's like a very user-friendly programmatic interface built into them. And then like you just set it off. It's like a Roomba back from the like the 2020s. Cool. <laughs> Sonda's sitting on um, Druster's head again and she will lean over and she'll say, Druster, these Gug units are a less advanced form of your unit. They are used for simple tasks like cleaning. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like to know. I, I'm, I'm different. My people made me very different. They are easily programmable, simple units. You are an easily programmable, <laughs> complex unit. Shots fired. Okay. She's a bit. She's a bit. She's a bit rude. <laughs> I've discovered. I've discovered that Sonda's a bit rude. I'm loving it. <laughs> Didn't realize that she would be a bit of a bit of a snob. She's a scientist. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying Sonda quite a bit. <laughs> I say, Duke has reached the doors by now. Is it open or? Um. Yeah. So you go up to the door and it is closed, and there doesn't seem to be any conventional means to open it either. Okay, I knock on the door. Um, at this, Clara kind of places her hand on you kindly and says, that's not how we open the door. Hang on a bit, let's get your friends. And then she turns and beckons Sonder and Ruster to join the two of them in the front. I'll zoom over and sit on, um, on, on, on Duke's head. Very slowly go over. So once the two of you arrive to the front of the door as well, Clara smiles again and then waves at the door for a few seconds. And then the doors automatically open and then she walks forward through the door i move forward with her yeah sonda's sonda's sitting on um duke's head so she'll just go along for the ride and how are you doing Drusta? will you enter this unknown location as well kind of doing like the front paw little shuffle back and forth <laughs> oh yeah Aww. 
the little dance. And slowly goes inside, looking around. And what you see is something that looks strangely familiar. What do our electronic pals see? Who is the mysterious mother? And will they find these humans? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. A very warm thank you again to John and Liz for joining us. If you would like to listen to their podcasts, which you totally should, please follow the links in the description. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.